0: Thank you. So, my topic, as I mentioned, is Inquiring Minds Want to Flow, which is kind of a cute take on the usual phrase, Inquiring Minds Want to Know. As is often my style, I have yet another little adjustment to that phrase. It's not just inquiring minds that want to know. It's all of who we are that wants to flow and know, mainly to flow. So I welcome you into that conversation on flow with every bit of you. Let's start with what flow is. According to Professor Richard Husky at the University of California, Davis, Department of Communication and Cognitive Science, flow is a state of peak enjoyment that occurs when you are doing something that is difficult, that you are highly skilled at. There speaks a social psychologist. Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, a psychologist, is the author of Flow, a seminal work on the topic. Among the additional qualities that he lists are complete concentration on the task, transformation of time, either slowing down or speeding up, effortlessness and ease, and that actions and awareness merge, losing self-conscious rumination, a.k.a. worry. Both lists are missing something. Inspiration. The presence of something more than our separate selves, that aliveness, that transcendence, that is actually the grace that moves us into flow. We can't make flow happen. It's a gift of that all in all in all. Though we can't make it happen, we can help to open ourselves to be more receptive to it. And that's a lot of what I'll be talking about this morning. The first element is okayness. I use that intentionally because sometimes I get a little squirmy around perfection, but I'm okay with okayness, and I invite you into that same awareness, knowing that you are okay just the way you are. I asked Christopher to play Faith Rivera's song, The Power of Now, because it speaks so beautifully to that sense of okayness and being in flow. Here are some of her lyrics. The power of now is always present. Nowhere to be other than where you are. The power of now flows so gracefully. The power of now is always perfect. Nothing to be other than who you are. The power of now flows so easily. The concept of nowness is one that I have struggled with despite the wisdom of faith's words. I tend not to get lost in the past, but oh my goodness, the future all those things I need to plan for and get done. My worries, my anxieties, my... Oh, that's going to be so cool when I get to do that. Off I go into the wild blue yonder of not nowness. I've been reading a book lately, a memoir of someone who's walking or have walked the Camino. The author came to recognize... That it wasn't about getting the Camino done, checking it off her list. It was about being with the experience of the Camino. Being, not doing, being in the now, being with what is, not the way we wish things might be, meeting that isness in the moment clearly, freely, without all the noise and chatter of our minds. I have finally come to a practical way to being in the now because it's one of those themes that is so much a part of this teaching. Are you in the now or are you lost somewhere else? Oh, I'm in the now, I'm in the now. What the heck is the now? Here's what I have come to do what takes me out of the now is what I'm thinking about something that has happened good or bad that impacts me or something that's coming in the present in the, pe- in the future so there's all this judgment all of this expectation all of this comparison that I'm he- back in the past or I'm in the future if I let that Go. The only place I can be is in the present moment. So that's become how I practice being in the now. It's way easier than trying to figure out how I stay in this arbitrary time called now. You're welcome to take that on if you want. So in addition to being curious about what's going on around you, present to it, it's also really important to be present to yourself with loving curiosity and presence. That's another part of being here in this moment. Father Richard Rohr, a Franciscan priest and philosopher-theologian, suggests this about inner practice. Contemplation is an exercise in keeping your heart and mind space open long enough for your mind to see other hidden material. Your mind and heart stays open, not judging, not labeling, not comparing, long enough for your mind to see other possibilities and I would add, long enough that your entire being knows other possibilities. The next element in setting the stage for flow is practice. Why do we always say, practice, practice, practice? Well, one reason is because it helps you develop your skills of focus, attention, awareness. And to integrate that practicing so that it becomes a part of your everyday life. So that when you need that moment of mindfulness somewhere where your cushion isn't, you have your virtual cushion in your mind, and you settle in with a breath, and there you are. That's why practice matters. I want to add to this exhortation to practice, practice, practice. Despite my best intentions, I often find myself judging the quality or the frequency of my spiritual practice. Is that true for anyone else in the congregation? Yeah. There are times when I beat myself up quite a bit about what I do or don't do in my spiritual practice. That has no value. It's important to remember that spirit isn't grading us on our spiritual practice. Spirit loves me just the way I am and just the way I am not. All of those voices have nothing to do with how spirit knows and expresses As me. They're just a bunch of words rambling in and out of my mind, having no value, none whatsoever. Because again, they take me out of the possibility of flow, of that ease and grace and gift. A friend of mine shared an experience he had one time when he was meditating. He was settled into his chair and happened to have a leg up on the ottoman and was getting ready to practice and he suddenly went, oh my gosh, this isn't the proper meditation posture. It feels comfortable, but I should have both of my feet on the floor. And then he smiled. He heard in his mind how you practice is perfect for you you're practicing that's perfect where your feet are that's not nearly so important as your being here for your practice so i invite you to remember that too spiritual practice is lovely doesn't have to be disciplined and serious and burdensome and, oh my God, always at the right exact moment for just the right amount of time. All of those measures can be important if they're meaningful to you. But please don't take them on expecting yourself to be more okay if you do. You are already okay. And if you're okay... Flow is a possibility. Besides okayness and practice, a third element that supports flow is self-awareness. Who are you? What do you believe about yourself? Gently, with curiosity, not judgment, check in on what you tell yourself. Are they supportive thoughts? Neutral thoughts? Negative thoughts or comparisons that judge? What do you believe about yourself? Not just the core teachings of science of mind that as a good religious scientist, of course you believe. Rather those little voices in your head that every now and then just start chipping away at your sense of worth and value, which in fact is always going to be intact. Human beings are unique expressions of life. That's why in your self-awareness it's also important to know what sings your heart. As Dr. Edward phrased it last Sunday, Imagine asking the wisdom center within you silently in your own mind with gentle curiosity, with playful adventurousness, and without forcing an answer of any kind. What if I spent a little more time doing what I absolutely love to do? What if? Get to know what sings your heart. Each of us has unique melodies. Here's an example for me. I used to live in San Francisco and loved to go sailing on the San Francisco Bay. There are two basic ways that you sail a boat. One is with the wind behind you with the sails wide open, and a sense of ease, often, actually, even in San Francisco, basking in the sun. It's quiet and still, and there's not even a sense of wind because it's moving with you, and so it's peaceful and calm. It's called running with the wind or going downwind. The other way of being propelled by the wind in a sailboat is to sail into the wind to find that sweet spot in about 30 degrees where there's this exquisite sense of oneness with the wind and the boat and the sail. You feel the wind at the tiller, though, if I were in that, what is called beating into the wind, there came a moment when I was absolutely one with all of it and could hold the tiller with a fingertip because the boat and the wind and I and the sails were so one. Most people I know, no, actually I haven't taken a poll, so I'll just say many people... Really appreciate the run. When the wind is behind you, it's quiet and still, and the sun is warm. As you may have guessed, that's not my melody in my heart. (laughs) I love the the activeness, the challenge, and then the settling in to the collaboration with the wind. Some of you, were you sailors, would appreciate one and not the other. And so it is know your heart song and don't pretend you like sitting running along nothing to do if in fact you love beating into the wind so now you know a little bit more about Reverend Tara Also, when you look for what sings your heart, don't look outside only to what other people are doing or what other people expect of you. Focus on inquiring within. How do you want to feel? That matters. What would doing what you love bring to you? How would you feel? That's important. I encourage you, if you want to take up this practice, to find a word that describes that sweet spot for you, where all the elements of who you are, you recognize as coming together in the same way I noticed the wind and the sail and the boat. There are those places within us and that's the heart of flow where you are okay with yourself. You are practicing and you know what matters to you. Each one of those elements is incredibly important. That last bit reminds me of a statement you've probably heard many times from this podium from Dr. Howard Thurman, a brilliant African-American theologian, philosopher, civil rights activist. This is what he says about what our purpose and what we should be doing is. Don't ask what the world needs Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. So those are the elements I want you to take to heart as you open yourself to the possibility of flow. Okayness, letting go of judging, comparing, less than and all of that noise. Here's how one of my favorite authors, Mary O'Malley, describes the process. The core of our journey is about opening to what has been closed inside of you so that the energy that has been bound up in your struggling self can be released and you can know the joy of being fully alive. And practice. Here's another suggestion to take up for a couple of minutes, not for a long, long time, unless you choose to. Notice what's happening around you in the moment. And for a little bit of time, try to just notice it. Don't label it. Don't consider what it is. Just be with it. You can probably pull it off for maybe a second or two before your mind needs to label and take this vast, infinite allness and bring it to human scale. But every now and then, just consider isness not your way of labeling and fixing what is, fixing in the sense of locking it in what is. And finally, get to know yourself. I have so much more I could say about that, but instead I'm going to jump to Ernest Holmes, the founder of our teaching, The Science of Mind. He sums it up like this. If one would take the time, once a day at least, to let go of all that is not true and lay hold of reality, let go of the doubt, distrust, worry, condemnation and fear and lay hold of life in its expressions of beauty truth, wholeness their mental congestion would be healed keep in mind and bo- keep the mind and body open to the reception of truth hold steadfastly to the thought that all of life is in a state of eternal flow. Relax your thought and allow the free flow of the life essence in and through you. Be with what is present, open, blessed. I was going to talk about blocks to flow but I think you probably all know what they are and they kind of tucked in amongst the what brings us to flow. I'd rather stop for a moment and look at another metaphor for flow. Jazz improvisation. It's a fascinating experience I don't know how many of you have gone to um, experience jazz but it's quite remarkable thanks to my writing partner Google (coughs) I found a website over the weekend called Jazz Advice and a fascinating article is improvising really improvising Is improvising being in the flow really improvising? Here are some of the highlights from the article. The main takeaway, despite all of the psychologists and sociologists and theologists, theologians and everyone else, the essence of improvisation remains a mystery. There's something about improvising. That's beyond labeling. There are some elements. For example, the musicians practice. Improvisation is spontaneous, created in the moment. That said, the musicians who do it have years of practice in their instruments and they also have studied music theory. They bring that skill to what they do. There was a TED Talk embedded in the article about improvising, and all of the musicians who gave examples within that TED Talk were amazingly skilled and artful. Were they just getting to know their music, the improvising would not have flowed. Another element that the article mentions, musicians who play jazz and want to improvise listen to what other musicians have done, what their solos are, how they've done different riffs and runs. Not to repeat them in their own improvising, but to have them kind of as fertile soil for whatever's going to emerge. And sometimes bits of what they've heard does come into their immediate improvisation, but not as that other musicians playing, but as something that has been transformed and created by them in the moment. It sounds a whole lot like being in the flow, being present with spirit. The fellow who gave the TED Talk was one of the musicians in the bandstand, And he had a few observations about the experience of improvising in that moment. He said, first of all, (laughs) be in the moment. If you are improvising in a bandstand, you're not thinking about anything else but the music, the notes you hear, and how you play with them in the moment. The musicians also accept and create with each other. He had an interesting thing to say about mistakes. The only mistake in improvisation is if a note seems odd and we don't run with it. Then it's a mistake. When intentionally or otherwise, there's a note outside the palette of the improvisation That becomes a window into a whole nother layer of improvising. Going with what is, not bullying and holding it into a box, which is the other piece of improvisation. If you bully it, form it, it can be a great piece of music, but it's not improvising because improvising has that aliveness and that openness to what comes also sounds very much like our being in the moment, present, self-aware and in flow. So, in closing, my affirmation for you and me. Know yourself and what matters to you. Be present. Open to co-creation. Let it flow. Know yourself and what matters to you. Be present. Open to co-creation. And let it flow.